Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 76 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Amy. Amy is from Tampa, Florida, where she is a reading specialist. Nice to talk to you today, Amy. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. So you're in an elementary school? It is actually a school that goes from elementary all the way to high school, but I work with the lower school. Well, they are just such a fun age. And, you know, sometimes I miss them a lot (laughs) because they're just, it's so much fun. I do love what I do. Yeah. It's a great profession. And the kids are why we're there. Really all the reason that makes it so frustrating is the stuff beyond the kids, right? I would agree with that. Yes. I will say... Being reading specialists is pretty awesome because I get to see kids really grow and and change, and it's it's pretty cool. There's nothing better than that. 
Yeah. I, I enjoyed being the gifted specialist because you, you do, you have a different kind of relationship with them. You see them, you know, not even necessarily the same way their classroom teacher does. So it's, it's really a special, a special role. And reading specialists are so important. Well, thank you. I, I do love it and I agree with you. <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, I know you listen to the podcast, so I like to start off by asking, you know, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, well, I'll start way back like most people do. I have always struggled with my weight a little bit. And I would say I was never obese, but I was a little bit overweight in high school, not where I wanted to be in my 20s. But then after I had kids is when I really started to see that I was gaining weight and and staying there. So I was probably like 30 pounds overweight-ish after my, my first child. And then I had another one and I kind of stayed there for years. So I was probably like 180 for a long time. And and how tall are you? I'm 5'6". Okay. So when I was close to being 40 years old, I decided to go paleo and paleo really worked for me at that time. And I got down to a size four. I was in a really feel good body, almost too thin at one point. And then a whole bunch of transitions happened like some people. And I started putting weight on again and I started in the dating pool again and, and I gained back most of the weight and at one point I decided I can't, I don't want to live like this. I want to be in my feel good body again. Right. And so two years ago, recording this in January. So two years ago, I started whole 30 for the third time. And that was in January 1st in February 9th of 2018. Someone, I guess it would have been February 8th. Someone posted on my Facebook on his wall about intermittent fasting and he was a bodybuilder and he used it for bodybuilding. And for some reason that clicked in my head and I thought I'm supposed to do intermittent fasting. And I started the very next day. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And was it, it was somebody who was a friend of yours? Yes. Yes. It's a acquaintance that I know that's on my Facebook feed. And he was doing it for bodybuilding purposes. Yes. Yes. I love that. He does. 168 and I had texted him and asked him, you know, what do you do and give me some tips and and so he did. I had read about fast intermittent fasting previously with keto kind of stuff cuz I had right. dabbled in keto and other people had had suggested it and I had read about it but I had never it felt like something I couldn't do. Like I w- wouldn't be able to do it. And I think a lot of people feel that way when they hear about it and they know they can only eat in an 8-hour window it feels overwhelming. Oh yeah. That's what my mother says. Yeah. She says that to me. And uh, you know, my own mother <laughs> won't right. do it, but she was here at Christmas again. You know, she lives in Virginia and she comes to visit every year a couple times a year and every year she's complaining about her weight and every year I say, "Well, I could help you with that if you would like to." And every year she says, "I could not do it. I need to eat, you know, blah blah blah." I'm like, "All right, that's fine." And I don't try to argue with her. I don't try to convince her, but that's the first thing she says is, "I can't do it." Yeah. Well, that's how I felt. And I have had some other people say that same thing to me. So I totally get it. And so I understand your mom. And and I think a lot of people feel that way until they do it. And then you see that on your Facebook group all the time. People say, it's so much easier than you ever would have imagined. Right. And it feels so good too, once you start doing it. Exactly. That's the part that people can't believe until they feel it for themselves. Because 
it doesn't feel like it's going to be easy when you're thinking about the time that you were really hungry and you felt hangry and you're like, well, that's just what every day must be like with intermittent fasting. Right. Exactly. And it's not like that at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So February 9th of two years ago is when I started and I did 16-8 for about six months. I lost about 20 pounds, I think, during that time. I'm a pretty slow loser, so that's pretty remarkable. I know some people lose a lot more in that short time, but that was pretty good for me. And then I kind of stalled for almost a year. Wow. The reason I stalled, which I've heard you talk about, is I did not want to give up wine. Oh, I get it. So I really liked my wine, and I tweaked my window a million ways to try to still lose weight while drinking wine, and it just... I just couldn't keep losing. I probably lost a little tiny bit here and there. And then earlier this year, I got married. And with my honeymoon and all of that, that sort of things, I gained about 10 pounds back. So in July of this past summer, now I've been, I've been fasting this whole time, at least eight hours, but I wasn't losing, right? Right. And you, you put a little bit more back on. Right. Even with eight hours. So right. I am one that, you know, I'm a slow loser and I have to have a shorter window. Yeah. So in July, I decided I'm going to try OMAD. I'd been hearing a lot about alternate day fasting and I didn't think I could do that. But I thought I'm going to do OMAD and I'm going to drop the wine and only drink it on special occasions. And so in July, that's what I did. And by OMAD, I mean really just one meal a day. So I did 23 one. So I'm eating in one hour. Okay. Yeah. So you did a really tight one meal a day. Right. Yep. And no wine. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, not very much. Like every right. once in a while I do have some wine, but not not very much. And when I do, it usually takes me a few days to get back to losing again. That was exactly my experience when I was losing weight back in 2015 when I was heading to goal. I made a correlation that when I drank wine, it really did take a couple days for me to start to lose weight again. And so by delaying the wine, it really made a difference for me. Yeah. Well, that's what I was seeing. And when I transitioned to OMAD, I did do it gently. So by that, I mean, I kind of did a fat fast for a while. I added a little cream in my coffee until I was ready to like be able to do it without it. So you would you would do that in what had been your eight-hour window. Right, exactly. You were using that as a transition. And see, that makes great sense. I even talk about that in Delay, Don't Deny. And in my new book, Fast, Feast, Repeat, coming out in June, I talk about, you know, having the low-carb, like, like the cream and the coffee, knowing that it's opening your window, but as a transition to get you yes. to the fasted state. It, it actually just helped me to get used to eating in that one hour window. And then once I was used to it, it was easy to drop that and then right. just do the, the food. Yeah. So yes, that's what I did. And I actually do do that when I go on vacation or like after Christmas, I did it for like two days and then I was back to clean fasting again. Yeah. So it just, you're using it as a transitional tool. Yes. In a longer window to get to your short food window. That's right. And yeah. I find it to be a little gentler, easier for me, and it works. So I have appreciated having that option and giving myself grace to get back to the clean fast. Because you really are still fasting clean for a long period of the time. 
like yeah, 16 hours. True. Yeah. So you're still doing that. So you're still, you have that benefit going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wouldn't recommend, you know, the cream and the coffee first thing in the morning all the day, but what you're doing is really, it's, it's a 16, eight with a one meal a day of the eating. Right. Well, now I'm doing the one meal a day, just the 23 one. But okay. when I transition, that's what I okay. do. Yes. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Thank you for explaining. Cause I was a little confused, but yeah, that makes sense. So 23 one is fitting really well into your lifestyle. Yes, it it actually really does. I do mostly lunchtime window because we have great food at my school. So I usually eat a very big lunch around 11 o'clock Monday through Friday. And some Fridays I will delay till dinner and then go out with my husband. And sometimes I'll eat lunch. It just depends on what's going on that weekend. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, depending on what's going on, I will, you know, eat when whenever the event is like tonight, we're going to a house party. So I will eat there. Yeah, that makes sense. It's easy to delay till then and just have your your window there. When did you start that approach? This past July. Okay. Yeah, I got married in March and started, you know, the honeymoon. And then after getting back into swing of things, and I gained about 10 pounds. And then July, I was like, I have got to get to my goal. And so that's when I decided to do OMAD. So it's been, we're, we're recording in January, so it's been since July. And so, you know, approximately six months. So right. how, how has that worked for you? So, of course, I'm a slow loser. So I've been slowly losing, but I am down almost 29 pounds altogether, which is really great for me. And I'm six pounds from my goal. That's awesome. Yeah. And I might change my goal and and try for five more pounds, but I'm actually right now in a feel good body. Like I, if I were to stop right here, I would be okay. I I do want to lose a little bit more and I, I see areas where I I need work, but I feel good in my clothes. I'm wearing size six, almost a size four. I can wear smalls and extra small tops. I'm I'm getting there. So I feel really good. And I think the rest of it's going to be cake, which is nice. And that's the beauty of it is that you know, you're really at the point where you're just letting your body do what it does. It's going to continue to change over time because that's what I found for me. Even though, you know, once I got to my my goal body, I realized just like you that there was still a little bit more to go, but it, it did. It happened really slowly over like months and years even, you know, those, those refinements still happen. Yes. And your body will just end up where it wants to be. And that's the beauty of it. When your body naturally gravitates towards a weight, you don't have to fight to keep it there. I, I hope so. I'm looking forward to that and seeing how that all pans out. Yeah. I do know that I will have to keep fasting because when I do eat all day long, I will gain weight. My body just gains weight really quickly. So I think fasting will be my lifestyle, whether it's still one meal a day or maybe four hours, I'll have to play around with that. But I know that it's going to be what I do for the rest of my life. And I really do love it. I love the benefits. I love the feeling of not being bloated. I I just like the freedom that you have not having to worry about food. And I also like eating whatever I want in my window. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> That's the best part. We, I, we have a, a morning. We get together for coffee every Saturday, a bunch of us that are intermittent fasters. And somebody was talking to one of their friends. They were, they were t- telling us about the conversation that the friend was like, yeah, and... I can't do intermittent fasting, same kind of thing. 
and I really like potatoes and I really like, you know, and I can't do all that fasting. And we're like, no, really, that's why you do the fasting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I would rather, I always say I'd rather eat one meal a day of the, of the foods that I enjoy and that feel good in my body than eat rabbit food all day. Yeah. Delay, don't deny mm-hmm. in action. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I did want to share one other thing that has been remarkable to me with fasting. In December, I had all these parties coming up, right? Every weekend I had one or two parties and I decided I wanted to enjoy December. And you can with fasting, which is really beautiful, I think. So I, I stuck with my OMAD during the week. And then on the weekends when the parties were, I enjoyed the party. So it might be a four hour party or a five hour party. And I did drink wine if they served it, or I did eat right. whatever they gave me. And I found that through the month of December doing that, I stayed the exact same weight. Now I wasn't losing, but I literally stayed the same weight. And then when Christmas came between Christmas and New Year's, I sort of opened my window longer, kind of like a vacation during that week. Right. And by January 1st, I had gained three pounds, which I don't think is terrible. No, not at all. Yeah. So you can enjoy life and do intermittent fasting and not worry about putting on a ton of weight. Did those three pounds fall right off afterwards? For me, it wasn't as quick as it is for you. So I saw your post about delaying for like five days or something. And then you're honestly, and the, the wine bloat was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that it doesn't happen that fast for me, but I would say by day 15, I was starting to lose again. Okay. Like I was back down and starting to lose again. That's good. At one time, I, my body is pretty responsive. Like one time I went on a, um, a girl's weekend. This is right after I hit my goal. It was 2015. And I hit my goal like March 17th or something. And then we went on this trip early April. It was a girl's weekend. And the scale on Friday morning to Monday morning, I quote, gained nine pounds. Wow. It was, yeah. We, we were we eat, drinking, and marry. I, I actually think of, I remember of, this story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so nine pounds and I didn't freak out. I just went right back to my routine and it was gone by the next weekend. Yeah. But I, I tend to swing. Like, I guess I retain a lot of water. So, you know, I'll um, bloat right up and then it's it, it goes away. And that's the beauty of it. I imagine that would have to have been water, right? Because of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can't gain that much fat over, you know, the weekend. And sometimes people will freak out. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, if I'm going to go back to eating normally ever, I can't be gaining this much weight. And I'm like, no, there's only a certain amount of water that most of us hold. You know, you're not going to just keep gaining, you know, like 50 pounds of water, right? Right. (laughs) Right. That's true. So, So, yeah, it's neat to be part of a lifestyle that that you can enjoy it and, and you don't have to worry about putting on weight, especially for people like me who gain weight so quickly. And I love that you had that whole mindset through the whole December season. Yeah. You didn't worry. You didn't stress. You didn't uh, get, you know, wake up on January 1st, three pounds up and, you know, angry about it. Yes, that's true. Like, like your body had failed you like, oh my gosh, I gained three pounds. This is terrible. You didn't do that. You, you said, okay, I'm right back on track. Right. And I guess I knew from experience that it wasn't going to stay there and it was, I would lose it. I've done fasting enough to know that it works and my body will readjust to the time. It might take me a few days or a few weeks, but 
here I am back to the, the process of losing and getting towards my goal. And your pants are fitting like they did before the holidays. You know what's funny about that? Now that you mentioned that, my pants are looser. So I see. <laughs> yes. So I have I have lost more inches than weight. So I'm back down r- right below my lowest, and but my I'm probably like an inch smaller in certain areas and a half an inch smaller in other areas, which is remarkable. It really is. It's like I, I wrote about this in Delay Don't Deny It from November to December of I guess it was 2016. I actually lost size. I didn't, you know, I didn't lose any weight, but I actually got smaller. Exactly. And that's what's happening. And that's why I was thinking I need to go to the store and try on some size fours because I think I'm really close to fitting into them. I can just tell by the way my clothes are fitting me now. I bet you are. Yeah. You should do that today. And that is that was my goal. So on my goal for my goal weight is my goal size. So my goal size is a four because that's what I was in before. And then my goal weight is 150. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you this. Did you, by any chance, are you heavier now than when you were a four before? Yes. W- would that be true? Yes. And see, that is what we find with intermittent fasting. It's because we're you know losing fat. Intermittent fasting is great for tapping into stored fat, but we don't lose the muscle mass that you do with a traditional diet, and you may even add muscle mass. We see that all the time. One of the moderators today in the moderator group posted how over the holidays she gained three pounds, but she had a body scan, and she's actually up a certain number of pounds of muscle and down a certain number of pounds of fat. So even though on the scale it looks like she gained weight, it's it's muscle gain and she's down in fat. Yeah. So we find that we're smaller, like you're a size four at a higher weight than you had been before. Uh, yes, a much higher weight, probably like 15 to 20 pounds higher. So, And it's not just vanity sizing because I have clothes that fit me, like I saved them, like jeans from 2002 that fit me differently now. And I can see my waist is smaller now in 2020 than it was at, in, you know, way back then it was the same exact pants. I, my body has changed. The pants did not change. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not vanity sizing. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating to, to see how our bodies change just with the delaying eating. Now I predict you're going to get even smaller. Like I would not buy all the fours. I mean, you may in, find, you may be surprised to find that you end up in a two. Okay. Well, we'll see. That will, <laughs> I want you to tell me on Facebook, say, look, it's a two. You were right. Yes, I will. I promise. <laughs> if, if I do, I, I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's my prediction for you. I do. My prediction is two. Okay. <laughs> well, I do have some small jeans that I did wear when I lost all that weight when I was getting close to being 40. So those will be, if, when I get into those, I think I'll feel like, oh, I've arrived, you know? Oh, Yeah. Oh, I, I know, because when I put those jeans on that fit me in 2002, when I first was able to get them over my, you know, behind, and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, even like I could button them and they were so, I was like popping out of them like a sausage, but I still was like, <laughs> look, because, you know, when I was so big and wearing, you know, a size 16 W, really probably should have been wearing an 18 I would look at those jeans. They were from the Gap, and they were actually a size six because that you know it is vanity sizing from 2002 to today. It's, it's sizes are different, right. but they were a size six, and they looked like tiny, tiny pants. Right. 
when I was so big. Yes, I know what you mean. So I have a friend that started fasting two months ago. I don't know why your story made me think of this, but she was one that before she started fasting, she would she would tell me she didn't think she could fast because she would get dizzy. And so she wasn't sure she could fast, but she was, she's kind of been one of my accountability partners for a long time and she was eating healthy and we were both walking and we would text each other, our weight losses and things. And she told me she couldn't do fasting, but I was sharing with her mind because we were texting with each other. And two months ago she decided to start fasting and she has lost something like 16 pounds already in two months, something maybe 14. That's remarkable. Yes. And that really is. Yeah. 16 pounds. And then overall she's lost 40 pounds since she started and she's like gung ho intermittent fasting. She's in the groups now and it's exciting to be doing it together. And, but what I was going to tell you about her is a few months ago, I said, I had some size 10 pants that I had worn. And I, so I said, do you want my size 10 pants? And she said to me, she had not envisioned herself ever being a 10. And she said, you are giving me like this, these eyes to see that I can be a size 10. And I said, oh, I think you can be much smaller than a 10, but you know, here's some transition pants when you get there. And it's neat to be encouraging other people to not just ourselves, but encouraging other people to see what they can get to and where they can go. It really is. There, there's something magical about size 10 also. I don't know why. I mean, I know size eight is magical because now you're in a single digit. But for, for me, when I got to size 10 on the way down, it's like that all of a sudden I felt good in my body again at a 10. Yeah. And like I went out and kind of went crazy and bought way too many clothes. And I only wore them for like a very short time, <laughs> like a couple weeks. I mean, I swear I only fit in those clothes briefly because my body like just was really losing the weight well at that time. But, you know, it was just like all of a sudden you feel like you've got your body back. Yes. 10 was that transition point for me. Yes. I'm glad she's fitting into the 10s. But one thing that's cool about her story, which is surprising and you know, she had been dieting already and has done so well since starting intermittent fasting. Yes. So that's fabulous. She's like on a rocket ship. Yes, exactly. And what's hilarious to me too is that she really was like eight hours. How can I just eat in eight hours or, or 16 hour fasting? And now within two months, she's eating in a two hour window. So, well, I didn't do that. Like I did a eight hour window for like six months and then I did five hours for like a year and then I went to one hour, you know, I, I didn't do that. So she's really jumped, jumped on board and, and gotten gung ho. So it's been exciting to watch and fun to see her, you know, researching and getting excited and, and just cheering her on from where I am. There's no better feeling than knowing that you've impacted somebody's life. Yeah. Yes. And she's impacting my life too, because she holds me accountable. Like we, we've, we already had that established. It's just really fun to have her joining me. And I would say that to people that are listening to, if they're struggling to find an accountability partner is helpful. It's really been a blessing to me and an encouragement. Also listening to podcasts, for example, I've listened to all of your intermittent fasting podcasts and all of the intermittent fasting stories just as a way of, you know, staying focused and encouraged. Yeah, I really think that that is what keeps us going because I know that when I was, all the years that I struggled so hard, 
to lose weight and to find what worked. I mean, there are many things that came together in 2014, 2015, when I was finally able to lose the weight and keep it off. But one of them was the the Facebook communities. You know, I had not started my own Facebook community yet. That didn't happen until, you know, late 2015 after I'd already hit my goal weight, but I was in supportive yes. Facebook communities. And so even though I was alone doing it, I mean, you said intermittent fasting to anybody in 2014, 2015, they looked at you like you had just, you know, told them you were going to go home and eat <laughs> your pets. I mean, people were like, what are you, you know, that's crazy. You know, I love my pets. So pet owners know I would. <laughs> You're not going to eat them. <laughs> I'm not going to eat my sweet pets, no. But, you know, people thought it was so crazy. The, the only place I found support was, you know, through yes. Facebook, through the internet. So I cannot explain and, you know, reiterate enough, like you just said, having that support is so helpful. And if you could have someone in real life, yeah, that's amazing. But if you can't, you know, we're here for you. That's why we have yes. the support groups. But then over time, you know, more people saw me being successful, just like your friend has seen you being successful. And then you have a real yes. life person. It's fun. My husband's really supportive too. He is a little bit like your husband in that he's naturally skinny. He he kind of does intermittent fasting sort of naturally. He usually eats, you know, later in right. the afternoon, drinks coffee. He'll sometimes have something for breakfast, but he's not a eating is not his thing. You know, he he eats to live and he doesn't live to eat like the rest of us, right? Yeah, and they don't even understand. They don't understand. Right. Exactly. The way that we feel about But yeah. he's so supportive and that's really <laughs> helpful and I have one other friend that I check in with about my weight loss who's also naturally skinny and so it's it's really nice to have people that are cheering you on and on your side and notice and it's it's great. It really is because you know if, if you if you feel like you're alone and or like if you have a spouse who is argumentative. Yeah. That well, you do hear, worst. you do see that on the Facebook group sometimes where people will mention that their, their husband thinks they're starving themselves or whatever. And so trying to convince you it's dangerous. Right. Yeah. So I'm grateful. That's not my story. And for those who are out there that have to struggle through that, I wish them well, because hopefully they can, as they see them living that lifestyle, that they'll see the change in that they're doing okay and they're healthy. And yeah, I can't imagine if, if my husband was giving me, you know, pushback on the fasting because I think I, it would make you throw in the towel. Yeah. Yes. I think so too. Well, I don't, I think so. I just feel so good on it that I don't know if I would throw in the towel, but it would make it definitely much harder if they were giving you a lot of resistance for sure. It would. So, you know, I really do like, like, like we're saying more power to the people who can stick through it and then hopefully show the people down the road that whoever in their life is the naysayer, it might not be a spouse. It might be your sister. It could be your mother or your grandmother. It could be, you know, your best friend. And so people really, you know, it's hard when you hear the criticism from somebody you love. Right. I, I did hear that from one person who was asking for advice on weight loss. And I sent her a message and said, you know, I'm doing intermittent fasting. And her response was, I don't believe in starving myself. Right. That word is, that's like a trigger word for me that makes my hackles come up. Yeah. The starving. Yeah. And the way it was written to me, I felt that way too. Like all of a sudden, you know, you feel a little like, 
you want to defend like you're yourself. You're a big loser, Amy. Yeah. You're a big starving yeah. loser. Yeah. But well, yeah, that is how it would feel. Yeah. Well, I sort of felt like now I have to defend myself, but I thought, you know what? I just sort of gently said, you know, good luck on, on whatever you try and, and then left it at that. Cause I'm not going to convince this person and right. you know, maybe they'll come across it later and want to try it. So you never know. There was one teacher at my school who always would throw that out. She would always say the word, well, yeah, but you're starving yourself. And she was one of those naturally thin people. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, thank you. Thank you for your feedback. You obviously have not had a meal with me. <laughs> she was probably doing it naturally. Well, I don't know. I think she ate, I don't know. I think she ate a lot. She's one of those people with a really fast metabolism. Okay. And you know, those people exist. I know. That's never been my issue. I have never in my life had a really high metabolism, so I don't even understand it. I have one brother like that. I have two brothers. One of them does intermittent fasting because he, you know, tended to put on the weight. So intermittent fasting really works well for him. But my other brother, my youngest of youngest of four, four siblings altogether, including me, but he's the youngest, but he cannot keep his weight up no matter how much he eats. Oh, wow. I mean, and it's not like he just naturally, does. no, he eats and eats and eats. And so, I mean, he naturally is really, really skinny. I come from a family of three siblings too, by the way. I, there's four altogether. Well, there's four. Yeah. Okay. I have three brothers yeah. and then myself, but they, all of my brothers have had the same issues. One was really skinny growing up, but as he's gotten older, he's had to watch too. So I think my whole family has been, you know, nobody's really obese, but but we all have to watch and be careful. Yeah, it's just so interesting to watch because he couldn't gain weight if he wanted to. And then you've got the flip side, the people who really struggle to lose the weight. And it's just, you know, yeah, it shows that it's not just about, I mean, obviously he's, he's not starving himself. He's eating a ton. Right. <laughs> and so if you'd looked at the math of it, you'd be like, wow, he should be really heavy. Right. <laughs> but he's not. There's that calories in, calories out again. He's just, it's, you know, our metabolisms, our gut microbiome. It's interesting. You just don't really know. Yeah. What's that magical factor? And Maybe he's got something living in his gut that, yeah. Yeah. He's just one of the lucky ones that doesn't have to think about it really. Right. And when you don't have to think about, yeah, when you don't have to think about it, you just feel like it should be easy for everybody else. Right. Exactly. Well, there was one other thing I definitely wanted to share on the podcast. Have you read or heard anything about Hal Elrod? Yes. Hal Elrod. He wrote The Morning Miracle and The Miracle Equation, and he has a podcast as well. And those two books have really changed my life in in many ways. And one of the ways, well, the Miracle Morning is a whole morning exercise when you get up in the morning to kind of start your day in an encouraging way. And then the Miracle Equation is kind of how to get to your goals. And my takeaway without going into the whole book, my takeaway from the Miracle Equation was I wrote down my goal of weight loss and you kind of write it in several paragraphs, but the first paragraph, you state your goal, and then it has the wording, no matter what, there is no other option. And then the second paragraph, you kind of write down your reasons. So whatever your reasons are, you know, health, vitality, to live well, to whatever the reasons you have, but I had several reasons. And then the last paragraph is basically this is how I'm going to do it. And so through OMAD and IF, walking, moving my body, and limiting alcohol. Those are my kind of ways to do it. And the idea is 
you do all of these things without being attached to the results, right? And you read it every day. And so I attest some of my being able to go to OMAD to that. I started, I listened to it last March and I started reading that every single day and I've read it up till now every day. And so in July is when I went to OMAD and I believe that my mindset from reading my goal every day got me to the point where We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study okay, I can do this where I'm doing 23-1. And I feel like affirmations and that sort of thing really do help us to stay in the right mindset as well as be encouraged to move forward and stay positive and, and work on our goals. So I really think it's worth listening to his podcast or reading his book to move forward if you don't use affirmations already. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with that. And I think it's so important because, you know, what we tell ourselves, you know, becomes how we see the world. You know, if you you told yourself that you were going to reach your goal no matter what. Right. You highlight those reasons every day. You know how you're going to do it and you believe you're going to do it. Yes. And see, that believing point is so important. Yes. You believe you can do it and it's a reasonable goal and it's it's reasonable expectations. I mean, you're not, you know, believing that you're going to sprout wings and fly like a bird. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's true. You know, you have a something that is physically possible that you can do. And, and you believe that that's going to happen. So, so many of the people, you know, you can just tell, you know, when they're the story that they tell themselves when they're talking about, you know, well, you know, I've tried a lot of things. I don't think this is going to work either, but I'm going to try, but I don't think it'll work. And, you know, it probably won't. Right. 
Right. And you frame everything through it. Like you have this positive affirmation and you know it's going to work. So even three pounds up over Christmas, you're like, yeah, that's here's why. And I know why. And uh, this is what I'm doing. But you could frame it as, well, intermittent fasting doesn't work because I stuck to a four hour window the whole time and I gained three pounds and it's all because of intermittent fasting doesn't work. That's right. You're, you're exactly right. Same exact result, but the, the lens that you're seeing it through is whether you feel like it's still, you're like, yay, I gained three pounds and I had a great December. Exactly. Exactly. And the fact that I didn't gain 10 pounds is a miracle. I got to enjoy right. everything, enjoy all the parties and, and then lose the weight really quickly in January and be back at it. Because you could have told it as a story of struggle. But instead you didn't. Right, exactly. And I think the positivity is really important. So I think Hal's story is pretty remarkable too. If you ever have a chance to hear, he had a bad car accident and he's gone through cancer and all of these major things. And he stayed positive through it all and and conquered many things in his life. I think he's making a big impact. You would enjoy him if you haven't heard it. I, I've, I've come across him before. I can't remember if I just was browsing through his, his book. I, I may even own his book. I may, I may have it. It sounds like something that it's really ringing a bell. I know I've read at least about his story yeah. somewhere, but his name, like I, I could picture his name. And so I'm going to, I wrote it down. I'm going to look into well, that. Good. The Miracle Morning, The Miracle Equation. Which one of the two would you start with for, you know, if somebody wanted to start? So I would start with The Miracle Morning just because that's okay. his first book. Yeah. And what he's going to outline what he does, they're very simple books, not too long, self-published. But what he does is he'll go through his morning routine and what he does. And I I have adapted that for many years and it's it really is very powerful. It changes your morning. It makes you, when I don't do it, I can tell. When I do do it, I'm ready for the day. I'm, I'm starting the day in a positive mindset. It's it's just a really great way to start the day. Yeah, I think that's great. I highly, highly recommend it. It's kind it of makes like such a difference. It's kind of like recommending intermittent fasting and delay don't deny. So and your face. There groups. you go. Well and I love that he self published it. That makes me really happy. Yeah. As somebody who's self published. Yeah, and he's done very well. <laughs> he's done very, very well. It's it's you know, that's why you've heard about him. He's out there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's really good because, you know, we have the power now. If I had waited to try to find a traditional publisher, I'd still be sitting here with the book. You know, nobody, right. <laughs> nobody would have published a, a teacher from Georgia who lost some weight. And, you know, they'd be like, no, uh-uh, we're not publishing that. But <laughs> and I'm so glad you did because you've changed so many lives and your your impact is just really much farther than I I imagine you can even even think about. So we've never met in person and you have impacted me greatly. And I appreciate all the things that you do, the podcasts you put out there, the books you've written. It's been a huge part of my journey. And it's, well, thank you. And I'm six pounds to goal and I appreciate you walking with me alongside me. Well, I love that. And, you know, that's what we do, right? We're teachers. Right. And so we we walk beside somebody as they do the work. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. And you're right. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that's my role in life, you know, from the time that I was a teacher for 28 years to what I'm doing now. And, you know, sometimes people need to have you ask the tough questions 
to them. Like, like, why do you feel that you're struggling? Right. You know, you could say that to a, a eight year old, right, who's having trouble with friends. You know, why do you think you're having trouble exactly with everybody in the whole class? Exactly. <laughs> you know, why? Why does no one want to sit beside you? The kid knows if you if you ask those questions. And so, anybody who's struggling with the weight loss side of things, ask yourself that question. Why do you think that you're struggling? Yeah. And somebody can always uncover the reason. Right. And sometimes it takes us a little while to get to the point where we're ready to, to release it, like me with letting go of drinking wine. So sometimes it takes us time. And so we have to give ourselves grace. But I highly recommend, I think that's where the affirmation helped me because all of a sudden I was like, I got to get rid of the wine and I can do it. Yeah. And I did it. Well, we've got that that inner toddler in us that doesn't want to give up anything, right? right? We want it all. We want it now. Get it for me, mommy. You this know, is we've not all got fair. that inner toddler. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. And then you're pitching a fit. <laughs> I should be able to do it. I yeah. think a little bit of me does sometimes feel like, you know, I see this, these stories of people losing really a lot of weight really quickly. And that has never been me. And there is sometimes that feeling of like, that, that doesn't seem really fair. But instead of looking at it like that, I have to look at it as this is the body I'm given. I have to work with yeah. my body, do what my body needs and, and just move forward. Yeah. I'm like really mad that my body doesn't like sugar anymore. Like I'm super mad about that. That's <laughs> the maddest thing I'm mad about. It is interesting. <laughs> like, and you know, you've pointed this out before, but it is interesting the longer that I fasted, because it's been two years now, how my body will say, will let me know different things like doesn't taste so as good as it had in the past, or I don't want that as much, or, or it's just changing what it, the intuitive eating part. I'm changing what I want, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make sense. Now, I know in the past you did paleo and did really well on that, but you haven't, you don't eat like that no, at all now, do I you? eat what I want to eat. And I don't eat a yeah. lot of bread, but I do eat bread. And I don't eat a lot of sweets, but I do eat sweets. I do both. But a certain sweets I don't want. I don't really want fast food anymore, except maybe Chick-fil-A oh, once no. in a while. Mm-hmm. I had pop. I still have a hankering sometimes for a Big Mac. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> my my daughter works at McDonald's <laughs> near my house. So if you ever come down here, we'll go get one over there. <laughs> All right. But th- there's just something. I don't know what it is. That there's really fast food does not call my name. But every now and then, I'm like, you know, a Big Mac would just be delicious. It's that special sauce. I guess I that's know. how I feel about Chick-fil-A. I like the the yeah. chicken nuggets there. I will say I did get, I have a Dr. Pepper recently because that sounded good to me. It's one of my favorite pops and I couldn't hardly drink any of it. It would just sound, it tasted like syrup to me. It wasn't oh yeah good anymore, really. It was way too sweet. So it is, it's fascinating. I usually don't drink anything that has, except for water and maybe iced tea that's not sweetened, except for wine. I still do that on occasion. Yeah, I do. I do still love the wine, (laughs) but I am sleeping so much better now that I'm delaying it. Like I cannot express how much better I'm sleeping. Do you just drink it on the weekends? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just drinking it on the weekends and it's, we're recording this on a Saturday and last night I had wine with my husband and I woke up at three 30 and could not go back to sleep. And so I'm, I've been sleeping so well during the week because I haven't been having wine at all. So I woke up at 3.30 and I've been awake since 3.30. 
that has happened to me too, where I would wake up in the middle of the night and I think it has to do with the sulfites maybe. But I find that if I only drink it on occasion, like once, once a week, or I don't do it that much now while I'm trying to lose weight, but if I drink it just on occasion, I won't wake up. But if I drink it more often than I do. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I had a couple of glasses. So I, I think if I have maybe one, right. that would be different. But I definitely can't have more yes. than I should have, you know. And I I can't drink as much as I used to could. Like, I don't know, my body lets me know, hey, that's too much. Do you think it's related to our age as well since we're relatively the same age? You know, it might be. Are you going through the perimenopause kind of stuff like I am? I, I'm actually in menopause. Okay. See, I'm not there yet. I'm almost there. But... I mean, I might be there. I keep track right. of it. <laughs> and, you know, it's supposed to be like one year. If you right. go through one year, then you know that you're, but I still haven't made it. Like I thought I was there. I was like day 173 and there it was. So no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I was early menopause because I have been okay four years since or four, maybe even almost close to five. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not there yet, but I'm almost there. But I, you know, there's so many things. It's it's hard to really say. It, you know, there's so many variables that they're connected. Right. And it's just hard to say. I know a lot of women do say that as they get older, they can't tolerate the wine as much. Right. But I also know that it's the intermittent fasting has shown me things I don't tolerate as well that probably always bothered me, but I didn't realize it. Yes. And like you don't notice that you're not sleeping well till all of a sudden you are. Right. I guess, you know, like this week I slept so well and then last night... I was wide awake in the middle of the night. And so I was like, well, it's it just, you know, you really feel the difference. Yes. Now, do you feel groggy today or are you good now? Yeah, I feel okay. Thank goodness for intermittent fasting. I'm pretty sure if I ate, I would need a nap. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because I'm in the fasted state, I'm all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, same here. So I'll, I'll be fine. But I may even delay more than just, you know, and it's not because I, you know, drink too much or I think alcohol is bad. It's just that I really like to feel good. And that's the weird part. I love wine. Yes. But I also really like to sleep and feel great. So yes, me too. I'm going through this battle and people that listen to the podcast are probably hearing it week after week. (laughs) This saga of, you know, me figuring it out because in delay, don't deny, I was having a glass of Prosecco every day and I I was. I remember. And so, and I totally understand where you're at because that was, I think that was me on that year long where I was basically the same weight. And then I started gaining weight. I was like, how can I figure this out so I can keep drinking wine? And it just wasn't, wasn't in the cards for me. I had to, I have to delay it for the most part. Like I said, probably once every six weeks, I might have a glass or something right now. And I probably will do it every weekend ish when I, when I get to my goal weight, depending. And you'll just see, you'll, you'll just, you'll right. make those decisions based on how you feel at that time. Right. And it, it might surprise you because every day I'm surprising myself. Let's face it. People have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. 
and their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Now, has your window changed at all since you've got to maintenance? Well, you know, it's more flexible and I listen to my body more. You know, I needed some structure. Like when I was, even even through the, you know, early days of maintenance, I was still teaching. Right. And so, you know, I wouldn't eat at school. I would, when I got home is when my window was open. So that was very easy. I wasn't going to eat because I didn't have any food with me. Right. And so I would just wait till I got home. And so my windows shifted to some days I open it earlier than other days. I'm home now and the food is here. And, you know, we might have like a salad left over from last night and I want to eat that. Like I'll often will have a salad. I don't all show this on Facebook, but we're eating a lot of salads. My husband wanted salad. Okay. With our, like before our dinner. So I'll make a salad for him before dinner and I'll have some of it. And then we sit down and have our regular dinner later. But then sometimes, you know, the salad will be left over. Right. That's new for me. I haven't eaten a lot of salad. But he was like, I really want to eat some salad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, hey. I'm getting them from Home Chef, which is one of the companies that I get the meals from. Okay. And so Home Chef has these wonderful salads. The reason I never made them before is because, you know, when you go and you want to make a really cool salad and the ingredients cost $500. Yes. Because yes. you buy a little bit of walnuts, a little bit of cranberries, a little bit of whatever. Yeah, the Home Chef. And they are not sponsoring me in any way. I'm just telling you they have really good salads. Okay. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I will say I had yeah. mentioned my OMADs at school. Our school has, it's a private school, so we have really good catering. And so we have a really beautiful salad bar every day and a hot meal and often other things too. So I usually get a good salad with my meal every day. Oh, I totally would too. You are so lucky to have a, a really good. I, I really, um, I know that. My my kids went to the public school in the area for a while. And my daughter always joked that it, that the food there was looked like prison food. She's like, I looked up a picture of prison <laughs> food and that's what the food looks like. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't the best. And a lot of it is because they're so tightly regulated. So, you know, I know that our lunch manager, our, our cafeteria manager tried her very best, but they're so tightly regulated with what they are even allowed to serve. I had a group of girls that were doing a special project my last year there, future problem solving, community problem solving. So they were trying to solve a problem in the community and they decided to solve the problem of lunch. Wow. That's great. <laughs> what, what we were having for lunch. And they actually managed to make it enough of a difference that kids started to buy more lunch, but they worked with the lunchroom manager, but she explained to them the rules of, you know, what she had to, and it was very eye-opening to them. Yes. Yeah, actually won third, third place in the state for their lunchroom project. I was very proud of them. Yeah. Well, I certainly didn't mean to 
throw the public school under the bus, but I w- oh gosh, no, but it's 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 the rules and the regulations. It's the government, yeah. And so I believe that it, I'm, you know it is what it is, and they are not allowed to do this, and they're not allowed to do that. And so you know, the kids were like, "Could we have this?" And she's like, "No, we're not allowed." And it could vary from state to state too. I know there are a lot of federal guidelines, but you know maybe Georgia has different different rules and regulations as well. But their hands are really tied. So yeah. when you were describing your delicious lunch, I thought <laughs> that she works at a private school. I always said. I always take a picture and send it to my husband and he's always like, man, I want to work there. (laughs) Yeah. That that sounds fabulous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My kids go to school with me. They go to the school that I work at and they really love the meals too, for the most part. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's nice. So then they kind of have a dinner meal for lunch. So they usually will end up having a lunch meal for dinner. Like they kind of swap their big meal for their kind of like they would do in South America. So, and have a lighter lunch meal at dinner. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of cultures have naturally done that, have a larger meal and then a a lighter meal later. Yes. You know, I remember my grandmother making that big Sunday dinner and it was the big meal of the day. And then yes, like sandwiches at night. We lived, my family lived in overseas for a few years and that is how you live there. You eat a big meal and often it's like in the middle of the afternoon. And then you just have like a small, like a lot of times just butter and bread or with coffee or something before you go, before you go to bed. So maybe at eight o'clock at night and that's how you eat. So it's a good way to, I I think a big meal, one big meal in the afternoon worked really well. So it's kind of what we do with intermittent fasting, but you just eat your meal whenever it fits into your lifestyle. Yeah, that's exactly right. And for me, it's eating with my husband when he gets home from work and that's when it feels right to me. But I have the flexibility. It could really be any time now. Yes. Well, and I did do a nighttime window for a long time and I did like it because then you could look forward to it all day. But it just kind of made sense to do it with the lunch that we're given at school right now. And so that's why I kind of switched. And then on the weekends, if I want to, I switch it back to nighttime, If depending on what's going on. Well, I don't blame you. If there was like an amazing lunch spread every single day, I would. Yes. <laughs> that someone else was cooking, you know. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for that. And then we, you know, my family's going in a million directions. So often we don't sit down at night to eat together because we have sports going on and work and all kinds of things. So whoever's together will eat together. But it's not a big family time meal usually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At this you're point. The, you're in the busy period. Right. Yeah. My kids are in high school and middle school. That's a very busy time. Are they, they're not driving yet, right? I have one that is driving. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, is the driver driving everybody else around? Cause that's when it really gets good. Sometimes. So he might bring people home from <laughs> school or that sort of thing, but yeah. he works a lot. So he's kind of, he's gone a lot. The saddest thing is when my my older son went to college and he had been driving the younger one around because that was the deal. I'll get you a car. I'll pay for the gas. You have to take your brother to band practice. You have to pick him up. You're in charge of that. That was the deal. And then he went off to college. Yeah. And the younger one wasn't old enough to drive yet. He had like a few months before he was going to be old enough. And I'm like, oh, no, what are we going to do? How are you exactly. going to get to band? How are you gonna... I taught him to Uber. He was oh. Ubering home. <laughs> That's all I could think of because I was working at the time. Yes. I couldn't go pick him up. So it's hard sometimes. Yeah, it was. Well, we are almost out of time. So, you know, I like to end with advice. What would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? 
Well, I gave that some thought because I've heard you know, ask that every podcast. And I would say a couple things. One is give yourself a lot of grace. When you mess up, just pick yourself up because intermittent fasting, it's not all over if you mess up one day. You can just start again the next day. I would say accountability has been huge to me as well as being in the Facebook group and listening to podcasts. And then if you like data, which I love data, I would recommend Happy Scale, the fasting apps, keeping a measurement. I love that app. I love that app. I had Russ Shanahan on the podcast. He was either, I'm sure you heard it, episode 44 or 45 or something like that. I did hear it. Happy scale. It was great. And I, I keep a measurement graph where I measure once a month. I keep the weekly average on a graph and then I keep a weight loss bar chart. So I kind of color it in as I have a new lowest. And all of those things just are visually appealing to me and and helpful. So if, if you're a data type person, I know a lot of people say throw out the scale, but for me, it really is very motivating and it keeps me, I don't find it depressing when I'm up a little because I know I'm going to go back down. Yeah. I just like it. Every one of those tools sounds like, I guess it's the elementary teacher in us, that we, that was exactly the, the kind of data that I love to keep as well. Yeah. And it was very motivating for me. And so, you know, people know I threw my scale away, but not until I had already, you know, reached my goal. I was my goal size. And I was just tired of watching the fluctuations. Every time the scale would go up two pounds, I was like, oh, is this the time I'm regaining all of the weight? Yeah. And then it would freak me out and I'd want to do diety things. That's the reason I threw my scale away. Well, that makes sense. And when I threw this, yeah, that was the only reason. But I totally was using my scale the whole time and the, as I lost the weight and even the first year of maintenance. But it just started started to make me worry. Oh, no, I'm regaining all the weight. I'm up two pounds. Then I'll be like, I must diet today. And I'm like, wait, that's not how it works. Well, and you switched from doing that to your honesty pants, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then then I went those 14 months and didn't weigh at all. And then I got back on the scale and, and I had lost sizes, but the scale was, you know, not where I thought it, quote, should be. And that's like, all right, this is a worthless tool. Yeah. <laughs> for where I am now. It's a worthless tool for where I am now. Right. But I don't want people to ever think that I am saying it's a worthless tool. Right, exactly. Because it's not. I never took that from you. And I would say, I don't know how I'm going to feel when I get to maintenance. So I could very well be in the same boat as you at that point. Yeah. Because people sometimes will be almost apologetic, especially in the Facebook groups. They'll say, I know I'm not supposed to weigh, but I'm like, wait, nobody told you you're not supposed to weigh. Well, probably somebody did, but (laughs) it wasn't me. Right. (laughs) Well, Amy... I have loved talking to you today. Same here. Thank you for having me on, Jen, and I appreciate all that you do. And I look forward to the day that you're wearing those twos that I'm predicting. <laughs> I, I will definitely <laughs> post. I'm sure I'll post two when Let I get me to know. Gold. Jen said Thanks. it. She said I didn't believe it might be in a year, but you know, we'll yeah, see. I have a big smile on my face. I know you can't see it, but I, I'm picturing it right now and we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Have a great day. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family. 
where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.